We call those trades to be lucrative. We say that Jesus said in John 10, 10, that he's come to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. I declare breakthrough. I declare deliverance. I declare the power in their lives. I declare the exousia in their lives, the authority in their lives. I declare, God, that people are going to walk out of what they need to walk out of and people come into what they need to come into. God, I thank you that you are seeing today that we are trading. And God, we know that you are the one that we trade is. We're not trading with the enemy. We're not trading with him. We are trading with you, God. The Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. We love you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you for trading with us today. Thank you that you traded your blood for my sin. Thank you that you traded all that you had, Father, when you sent your Son for us to be able to have life and to have it more abundantly and to be called a child of the Most High God. Somebody got to give Him some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, listen. Turn to some people around. Give them a high five. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to turn it over to Julio right now. Let's give the worship team a mighty shout of praise and a hand clap of praise. Julio, come on up today. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys grab your seats. No, I mean grab your seats. Put your seat belt on. Oh, all of a sudden we're going to hear this deal. You know, you ever get in a plane and, and then you hear the, them come over and say, well, we are now beginning to go to an altitude of 10,000 feet. Please put your seatbelt on. Uh, there will not be any, any stewardess coming across the cabin. She's seated with her seatbelt on also. We are ready to go into a different realm in the atmosphere. Anybody want to go with us? Amen. We got a lot of people that want to go with you. First of all, we just want to welcome you. We want to thank you for coming and, and I want to thank Christy and Reset Ministries. Let's give them a hand right now for being able to bring him in. Come on up here with him. Being able to bring him in and, and he did, they did some training the last few days. So guess what? I just want you guys know, those of you that went through training, there's going to be a special time that you get with me. And we're going to release you. We're going to pray and we're going to release you to do what you've been trained to do. How many of you know you, 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 you are trained to do something? You might as well do it. Amen. So I want to thank you, Christy. I want to thank you for being able to do that. When I had the opportunity to have you today, I was like, yes, I want him to come. I want him to be that. I, first of all, I want to thank Pastor Sean. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Sean, thank you for ministering while we were gone. And I appreciate that. It's wonderful to have those different gifts. We have a great gift today that we want to be able to honor today. So I want to give it to him. Amen. Let's give it to him. First of all, I, you got the information in your bulletin. Read about it. You'll know a little bit more about him. But here's the thing that I want you to know. He's going to minister today. Get ready to receive something from the Lord. Amen. Let me just stretch your hands towards Julio right now. Father, I thank you for this man of God. I thank you that there's no confusion in the spirit. I thank you that God, that you've placed him for such a time as this. And we release him, God, to be able to minister as you lead him. God, I thank you for his giftings, not only his talents, but God, I ask you to continue to bless him, bless his family, bless all those things that are close to him as he's away from home. And God, I ask that even as things have been traded today, that we, we, we traded for this man to be able to come for such a time as this. And we, we honor him today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give Julio a great big warm Woodward, Oklahoma. Welcome. Oklahoma.
Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Uh, can we have the keyboard player come up just for a moment? We're going to be very short. Is that okay? Or yeah, is, can the keyboard just come up really quick, please? Uh, I just want to, something I just, the Lord has me do is just to begin to pray into the atmosphere. And uh, first of all, I just want to thank uh, your pastors for allowing me to come and minister because uh, it's not easy to let a young Hispanic man with ripped jeans come and preach on a Sunday with a very loud jacket. Amen. Like, what is this guy, God? Should I let him or should I not? <laughs> but I, I know that uh, your apostle, the apostle of this house, is a man of the spirit. He and his wife are men and women of the spirit. And see, I'm telling you, uh, when people are, are unable to catch somebody in the spirit, they usually throw stones in the flesh. Hey. So you gotta, you got to be able to catch people in the spirit because if not, then you just look at the exterior when God says, I look at the heart. You know, some people are, are dumbfounded and like, Julio, how are you going to New York? How are you going to Texas? How are you going to Oklahoma? How are you doing these things? Why are people getting healed? Because I am paying a price in prayer. You know, I, I'm not only coming. It's one thing to move in a gift. There's many gifted people all throughout the world and half of them are on TBN. But what they're lacking is the anointing. The anointing is the advantage. The anointing is the only thing that destroys the yoke of bondage. Not gifting, not charisma, not shouting, not running around. And I do all those things. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when I learn to become a laid down lover of Jesus Christ in the privacy of my own home. I'm telling you, I live a life that is broken and totally surrendered to God. If he tells me to pack up my bags and move to Mexico with no finances, I'll do it. Because I'm a man that has been broken. I'm a man, uh, you know, some people might say, they're like, well, hey, man, a lot of people don't really like you because you're like coming out of nowhere. I'm like, I haven't came out of nowhere. You don't know what I've been doing. I've established works in Hawaii and Denver and the Coachella Valley. You know, I've, I've earned my bones is what they call it. Amen. But I'm telling you, there is something special about a man and a woman, a man or a woman that learns to find their identity in the secret place. Because once you find your identity in the secret place, then you're able to be bold as a lion in the public place. Because you no longer live by the opinion and the thoughts and the ridicule of man. See, you can't hurt something that's already dead. You can't tell me something that's going to offend me anymore. I'm a dead man. And I'm telling you, uh, I want you guys just to lift your hands in this atmosphere. And this is part of my message. I tell people because sometimes people are like, hey, man, uh, you know, uh, we're having brunch at uh, Big Dan's or whatever it's called. Uh, by the way, that was the best steak I've ever had in my life. I didn't even have to use A1. Hey, come on now. <laughs> yes, you did. So let's, let, uh, let's lock into the presence of God one more time. I'm just going to pray. Uh, just set your eyes on Jesus. Just set your eyes on Jesus, whether that means looking up or, you know, closing your eyes. That doesn't really matter. But just do what you do with God and just lock in for a moment. We can just play something, something softly. Hallelujah. So, Jesus, we worship you, God, and we magnify your name this morning, God. Father God, we decree and declare, God, that angels are being dispatched and released in this atmosphere, God. Father God, I do not depend on my own flesh, God. Father, I decree and declare there is angels of deliverance and angels of healing and angels of prosperity, God. God, being released in this atmosphere, God, your glory is beginning to invade this place, God. Father, I decree and declare breakthrough, God. 
Father, I bind up every unclean spirit, God. I bind up the spirit of doubt and unbelief, God. I break and I bind every curse, my God. Lord, every sickness and infirmity must bow at the name of Jesus Christ. This morning, God, we turn this this service over to you, God. And Father, I pray and I decree and declare that there is the river of God breaking forth right now. And I decree and declare there is waves of glory going from the front to the back, from the left to the right. From the north, the east, the south, and the west. Father, I pray, God, Lord, let the spirit of revival begin to spring up in your people this morning, God. Oh, God, that they would begin to hear the voice behind the voice, God. God, I break and bind the spirit of stubbornness, my God. Jesus, I decree and declare that your power is being loosed in this atmosphere, God. Oh, we break the spirit of witchcraft, God. Sorcery, God. We break every Jezebelic and Ahab spirit in this place. We disarm you right now. And I decree and declare that miracle signs and wonders will be performed in this place. Father, I pray that you, God, would break your people through, God. Oh, God, take them from glory to glory and from faith to faith, God. Father, I just worship you, God. And I invite you in this place, my God. Your word says, God, unless the Lord builds a house, unless the Lord builds a ministry, unless the Lord builds a marriage, unless the Lord builds a business, those who labor, they do it in vain. So, God, we take this time so serious right now because we're learning to have a dependency on you and not on man, God. So, Father, I pray that you would shake this region, God, that you would stir up your people, God. And, Father, God, that breakthrough would be inevitable, God, because your word even says that Jesus was unable to perform certain miracles in certain territories because of the unbelief, because he didn't come packaged the way he thought they thought it should be. And so, Father, I pray that you would remove the scales, my God, from our eyes, God. Father, God, your word says the seeing eye and the hearing ear, the Lord has established them both. So I decree and declare a seer's anointing being released in this atmosphere. I decree and declare that ears and, and, the, and, the, and the eyes of your understanding are being enlightened right now as the angel of the Lord is even present in this building. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would break, God, break the dam, oh God, break the dam open, God, and let the floodgates of heaven infiltrate our hearts in the name of Jesus. And the people of God shouted and clapped their hands and said amen. Come on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome to play if you like. If not, you can have your seat. I really appreciate you. It's really up to you. Amen. I don't want to work yet when you guys are never going to bite me back. Amen. So listen, uh, my God. You know, proper uh, pulpit etiquette is to say, you know what? Yeah, I feel great, but I'm going to be honest. I, you know, I, I break protocol, you know, not with God, but with tradition. And I'm going to tell you, I'm nervous. You know, every time uh, that I get the privilege to stand before the precious people of God, it, you guys are a gem in God's eyes. And God, he loved you so much. He, and I, I hope after this message that you guys really sense the soul love of God, that the love of God would begin just to permeate through this place and the power of God would begin to ricochet in your heart and in your mind. And uh, I just want to acknowledge the pastors again and Catherine uh, and thank you guys, uh, uh, pastors, uh, 
um, Shelly and uh, Eric Cox, I, I really appreciate you guys, and Catherine, the Reset Ministries, for allowing me to be here, and also for your hearts that are being receptive to me, right? Because, I, right, I'm kind of different a little bit. Amen? Sometimes we got to get past that, though, right? Because, you know, you, you hear all these, you know, quotes and cliches on Facebook and stuff, and I'm one of those guys that put them, too, but the Holy Spirit gives them to me, so I drop them on. You know, they're going to go in my books, so I, I, before I lose the thought, I, I, I put it out there, you know? But um, you guys are beautiful. Amen. So, look, I'm just going to go ahead and get started. Uh, I have a short message uh, this morning, but I believe uh, that it's going to be a riveting message. And uh, as uh, the apostle of this house said, buckle your safety belts because we're going on a ride. Amen. Amen. So turn to your Bibles, if you would be so kind, to 2 Kings 2.19. Well, if you guys don't know already, uh, I guess he said it was in the bulletin, which is kind of a big deal. I don't know if I came out in the bulletin yet. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you see my intro there, Prophetic Evangelist Julio. I'm from San Diego, California. I flew, I believe it was 1,300 miles to be here, me and my spiritual son, uh, Martin, uh, right there. Uh, so can we just give him a clap offering just for being faithful? Amen. The Bible does say that many proclaim their own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Amen. It's hard to find people that want to do the work of God and not get paid for it. Come on now. <laughs> and just be faithful and just back up uh, their pastor, back up their leader, back up their prophet, their apostle, what have you. You know, faithfulness is a rarity these days. Faithfulness is a rarity these days. And uh, so I have a revival hub uh, there in the city of San Diego. It's called Blaze Revolution. Why is it called Blaze Re- Revolution? It's because it was... The presence and the power and the love of God that revolutionized my heart. And I had a fiery encounter. And I still have fiery encounters. You know, it's glory to glory, right? You remember Moses, he met the Lord on the backside of a desert. He met the Lord on the backside of a desert and he encountered the fire of God. And when you encounter the fire of God, you'll never be the same. The fire of God will literally be... You cannot contain it within you. So when you encounter the power of God, the fire of God, you guys, some of you guys, you've experienced it. But others, you guys need to be baptized in the fire again. And some of you guys are going to, you know, come to the Lord and receive salvation. And that is the greatest miracle is to receive Jesus Christ in your heart. But when you encounter the fire of God, you don't preach the same. You don't pray the same. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you whisper, Lord, I just pray for a parking space. Show me your glory. And when you encounter the fire of God through intimacy and the privacy of your own home, see, what what, what I've discovered is that the temperature in the sanctuary determines who you are in the private place. Because the sanctuary has to be the place where we're able just to let loose, where we're able to let the roar out, we're able to run around, we're able to shout, we're able to praise we can be what they say besides ourselves in the in the sanctuary, right? The sanctuary we should have uh, more. We should have stronger relationships in the sanctuary than they do in the streets. You know, sometimes the people in the streets they stay away from the church because 
they don't find the connectivity, they don't find the synergy. And, you know, but in the sanctuary, we ought to have stronger relationships. We ought to be able to come in here, run around, dance, you know, cry, do whatever we have to do. And I'm telling you, your whisper will go from a roar, Father, I just bless this food to you. Father, I believe, God, that you're going to save my unsaved loved ones. I believe, God, that you're going to use me, God, to be a catalyst of revival, God. God, I'm interceding for the hurting people in this region, God. Father, I pray that you begin to break my heart with the very things that break your heart, God. God, that I would move from a comfortable Christian to a courageous and bold and daring believer of Jesus Christ, God. Use me to shake my nation. Use me to shake my city. Use me to shake the church. Use me to shake my school. Use, use me to shake my business. There's just a little bit difference when you encounter the fire. And some of you might say, well, that's just you. You know, you're an evangelist. Well, not really. You know, the Bible says to do the work of an evangelist. It's not talking about the office. It's talking about do the work of an evangelist. That means that wherever we go, that we're leading people to the Lord, that we're telling people about our testimony. Because the Bible says that they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by what? The word of their testimony. And you have to understand, when you're living for Jesus, you're sold out, radical, walking in. The H word, holiness, come on in. When you're, li when you're living like that, it makes all the difference in the world because all of a sudden there's resurrection glory in your testimony. You know, because many people will say, oh, you know, I don't know about the church. But they can't argue a changed life. And, you know, myself, I came from a lifestyle of drug addiction and drug selling. I was one of those guys that can sell drugs for years and still, uh, you know, get high off my own supply. <laughs> and, uh, you know, God has taken me a very, very long way. And uh, so I tell people about my testimony. But oftentimes we don't want to tell people about how we've been divorced three times. We don't want to tell people uh, how we've had a pornography issue. We don't want to tell people what it is that God is taking us out of. And because the devil would have us to be shameful and look down on ourselves when it's the very power of God that will help liberate somebody else. Come on, somebody ought to get excited in this place. Amen. How you guys feeling? You guys good? It's still tripping out on me a little bit? The red coat? Burgundy, whatever it is. All right, are you guys there, Second Kings? Amen. Second Kings 2.19. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Hallelujah. Father, we bless your word, God. We thank you, God, that your presence is in this atmosphere, God. We ask, God, that you would hide me behind your cross, God, and that your people, God, would hear your voice, oh, God. We decree and declare, God, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Verse 19 declares... Then the men of the city said to Elijah, please notice the situation of the city is pleasant. Look at your neighbor and say, you're pleasant. Look at your other neighbor and say, God looks good on you. Come on, now I'm teaching you how to prophesy over your neighbor right now. The, sit, uh, the situation of this city. Somebody say, this city. Somebody say, my city. Somebody say, hey. <laughs> the situation of the city, as my Lord sees, is pleasant, but the water is bad and the ground is barren. Verse 20. And he said, bring me a new bowl. Somebody say, make me new. 
Bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. Come on, look at this, guys. We're going to do a prophetic act in the end. Come on now. I didn't come to play. Bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the source of the water. I want you to say, I am the source. Why are you the source? Because you are a believer in Jesus Christ, right? The river of God is running through you. You are a conduit of glory. What is a conduit of glory? There's conduits that are charging this place with electricity, right? Going right down into the right outlets. Well, the same thing when you learn how to tap into the presence of God. And that's what I was talking about in the beginning. Just say with me. I know I talk a little bit fast. I need you to listen faster. (laughs) But listen, when you tap into God's glory, then you become a conduit of glory. What does that mean? That means that wherever I go, when I begin to decree a thing, that it's going to be established. Not just because I say it in my mind. Not because I think. No, it's because of who I am. And I'm plugged into the power source. I'm plugged into the king of glory. I am seated in heavenly places. I tell people I don't need to be invited to your platform. I've already got the highest platform. I'm seated in heavenly places. You don't need to invite me to the front, to the front row. I'm already seated in heavenly places. Can somebody understand that you are seated in heavenly places? Hallelujah. It says, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. And then when he, then when he went out to the source of the water and cast it, cast the salt there. And he said, thus saith the Lord, I have healed this water from it. There shall be no more death. Or no more barrenness. Verse 22. So the water remains healed to this day. According to the word of Elijah. Which spoke it. So we're talking about today. We're talking about. Cleanse the inside of my bowl. That's the title. If you want to entitle this message. You can title it. Cleanse the inside of my bowl. If you're taking notes. Write it down. Cleanse the inside of my bowl. But if you're not taking notes, I need you to know that note takers are history makers. I'm telling you, when you begin to uh, place the word of God and you begin to take note of it, you're able to retain more of it. And something begins to resonate and revolutionize your life. I need you to say, cleanse the inside of my bowl. Touch the inside of my bowl. So if you got your smartphone, if you got your tablet... Got your writing. Look at this. This is Stone Age, right? You know, I'm upgraded in the spirit. Well, you guys got to pray for me because I'm still, I'm old school when it comes to that. I'm not old school to as far as my methods in reaching people and loving on people and winning the loss and uh, discipling them. But I am old school when it comes to this. I don't, I'm not going to lie. I don't like typing. My wife does it for me, to be honest. But she was busy this time. We almost missed our flight. That's why I don't have the, the, the stuff typed out because... My assistant, she's probably watching right now. Yeah, she had our days. We almost missed the entire flight, you know. So we had to scramble last minute and wake up in the morning and head to the airport at 6 a.m. I was like, what? And Catherine is like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see you guys tomorrow. I was like, no, not tomorrow, the next day. She's like, no. I was like, what? It's like, like that movie Home Alone. You know, I was like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. Come on now. You guys don't see what I'm doing, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm tearing down the walls that we were talking about in prayer. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Because yeah. I ain't one to, to, to hide behind the bush. I'm like the fire jumping out. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Amen. 
bear with me. My voice, this is my fifth time preaching this week. And uh, I'm just, I mean, I, I can teach and whatnot, but I'm just so passionate and on fire for God. I love the Lord, you know. And I remember, like, pastors in the beginning, like, ah, oh, he's just crazy. You know, like, they, they underestimated me and they downplayed the dreams and visions that God had given me, you know. And here I am 10 years later, still more on fire than ever before. But thank God I have a little bit more wisdom, amen. I have a little bit more knowledge. Zeal without wisdom is dangerous, you know. And so I had to go through a process, right? I had to get discipled. I had to get rebuked. I had to get corrected. Come on now. You ever been pulled into the office by your pastor? Say, yeah, we need to talk. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, that's scarier than getting in a fight. <laughs> hey, hey, man. Uh, or you, how about you get the text from the pastor or the leader? Hey, can you meet me at the church? We need to talk. And it could be about a good thing, but then you go through all the things. What did I do? What did I say? Uh, did I say anything to Sally Mae? Uh, did I do anything to Bobby Joe? You know, you start going through. <laughs> you start going through the checklist, right? Uh, Bob, hey, Bobby Joe's here. Is he here? No. Oh, okay. He said Bobby Joe's here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Come on, you guys are awesome. What's what's the time limit? Okay, what what time do I need to be out here? About noon. Okay. Okay. Oh, I, oh, hide the clock, man. I like I like the spirit already in this place. <laughs> Amen. You know, but, you know, as a, you know, as a man of God, I have to honor the pastor of the house. You know, so times, you know, you got to be honorable. Because it don't matter how great the message may be, how powerful it may be in here. If you dishonor uh, what they have established in the house, you know, then you don't, <laughs> you don't get invited back. And you, you become dishonorable. So, you know, I believe that we have to, uh, as believers, we have to have a spirit of excellence. We can't be, we have to be spirit-led and not emotionally led, right? Because our emotions will take us to hell if we ain't careful. Amen. You know, if I would have gave up after all the times that I got rebuked and corrected, you know, I wouldn't be here today. But it was because of those, you know, disciplines and the chastisement of the Lord, even through my leadership, that I'm standing here today. But you know what I learned how to do is I learned how to take it before God. I learned how to get on my face. And today, today, I still stand my face. Because we are wrapped up and trapped up in this flesh. So I got to, you know, do personal deliverance on myself. If I feel like anger coming on me, I cast it out, you know. If I feel lust or pride coming on me, I cast it out. I don't let it linger inside of my life, amen. Because we want to be purified vessels, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about touch the inside of my bowl. You know, because it's one thing for us uh, to do the church routine, you know, do the whole program, Three songs, one dance, ten shouts, you know, and leave. Go to lunch, big dance is waiting. You know, we know how to do all the things. But it's another thing when we encounter the power of God and the presence of God, where God just really begins to revolutionize our heart and our mind, where we don't just walk out and say, oh, yeah, a pretty good message. But where we find ourselves at the end of the service, weeping and broken and desperate for God and really understanding that without more of him, then we're in trouble. We are in trouble if we allow our mind and our heart to lead us. You know, you you hear those things on uh, Facebook. Well, just follow your heart. No, don't follow your heart. You got to lead your heart into the presence of God. You got to lead your heart into the word of God because the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things who can know it if if you can't even understand it, why would you let it direct me? Well, if it feels good, just do it. No, it's not, a, it's not the best idea. In 2 Kings 2.19, it says, it says, uh, Then the men of the city, the men of the city said to Elijah, Please notice the situation of the city. It's pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad. 
The men of the city, they came to the man of God. The men of the city, they came to the man of God. The men of the city, they came to the church house. And and they told them the situation of the city is pleasant. If you look around Woodward, it's pleasant, right? There's so many pastures. There's farms. There's agriculture. Plenty of space. My God, if you've seen San Diego, you'll be like, good God, what do I do with this? You get scared of so much space. Come on. There's like an eye cloud everywhere you look. It's just like just just limitless space. It just keeps going. And, uh, you know, they came to the man of God. They came to Elisha, sorry, and, and said, hey, listen, the situation of the city is pleasant. But the water is bad and the ground is barren. Somebody say, uh-oh. We got livestock, thank you, sir. We got livestock, we got greenery, we got plenty of land, we got plenty of space, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive or barren, if you will. You see, it's not hard to look around and see there's something in the water. Look at your neighbor and say, there's something in the water. You know, we often say that terminology is when people continue to get pregnant. But pregnancy is a good thing, amen? Is there anybody that's pregnant with a dream from God in this place? I need you to clap your hands and say, God is not finished with me. It's not hard to see there's something in the water. Did it go off again? There is something in the water. It's not hard to see it, right? Where depression and suicide and a lack of identity is at an all-time rate. Where pharmaceutical drugs is a multi-billion dollar industry. Why? Because we got our kids. We got our youth. We got our young people. We got our old people. And they're stuck uh, with depression. They're stuck with anxiety. And all they got to offer them is this pill and that pill. And I know you heard it before, but all you need is the gospel. You need the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the solution? What is the answer to the epidemic, to the depression, to suicide, uh, to same-sex attraction? The same answer is Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen. Come on, this side is catching it. I need you to shout amen. I need this side to say, oh, man. Oh, man, it's coming. It's not hard to see that there is something in the water. Would you agree? You look around, even in this city, I've had the opportunity uh, to talk to several people. And you look inside of their eyes. And you see the barrenness. You see the hopelessness. You see the loneliness. You even see the cry. You see the cry. You see the cry in their eyes. You see the why in their heart. Why, why, Lord, if you're real, why is this happening? Why did he leave me? Why did she leave me? I know I'm talking to somebody in this row. I already picked it up. Why did this happen to me? There's something in the water. It seems like things are not changing, but ever growing worse at times. Does it ever feel like that? 
I see some of you guys shaking your head yes, but you refuse to look at me. Come on, it's okay. I'm trying to help you in this place. Come on, I am rolling with a great physician today. You look into people's eyes and you see the hatred. You still see racism in the church. You still see bitterness and backbiting and gossiping and slandering, even slandering your pastors. There is something in the water. Somebody say, there's something there. Somebody say, touch the inside of my bowl. My God, you guys are a great crowd. Come on now. You're helping me to preach this thing. There's something in the water where people are walking around hopeless, careless, full of unforgiveness. There's just a barrenness in people and they run to sex. They run to drugs. They run to same sex attractions because there's a lack of identity. And the Bible says that the men of the city went to Elijah. I need you to say, they're coming to me. Say, I am the church. See, that's what we need to understand is that we are the church. And the men of the city, they went to Elijah. They went to the church. Why? Because the church was a place that was a lighthouse, that was a community, that was unwavering, that didn't falter in between two opinions, that didn't worry about keeping the people happy, but they were worried about getting the sin out and keeping people holy. Is there a people in here that still believe that holiness is right? The community was a light. It was a beacon of light. It was burning. It was unwavering. It was unflickering. But now, many times we look to the church and people are walking out of the church. Why? Because there's no fire. There's no relationship. There's no presence. Uh, there's, uh, there's hype, but there's no Holy Spirit hope. There's something in the water. And that's why some of you guys are shaking your leg. You're irritated. You're like, man, I want to eat. I didn't get, all I had was oatmeal. I'm still hungry. And you're thinking like, man, when is he going to shut up? Never until I die. My God. Don't find me on Facebook. I'm always preaching. You have to understand that the city officials, they went to the back, Back in the early church, they would go to the church because the church is a city on a hill, a light that cannot be hidden. But oftentimes, when we leave this place, where does your light go? Can people come to you? Or are you talking about the church? Or are you talking about your problems? Or are you talking about how this is taking place? When we need to get the language of faith and begin to decree the word of God and watch things established in our life by faith. Somebody shout, now faith. The pastor spoke on it earlier. We need a now faith. Are you guys still with me or do you feel the conviction of the Lord in here? That's okay. You know, it's the conviction of the Lord is what's kept me. Every time that I go and I hear a guest speaker, I always feel like they're talking about me. I always feel if it's safe to say, jack up. Like, Lord, help me, God. It's like the closer you get to God, the more you realize that, man, you still got so much to deal with, so much stuff in your life. But what do we do about it? Do we avoid it? Do we run from it? No, we take it to the Lord. And, and, and you know, I take it to the Lord and, I, and I, tell, I tell the Lord the honest truth. I mean, he knows the truth anyways. You might as well say, God, I'm dealing with this. 
God, there's hatred in my heart. God, there's something in the water, God, because I'm hurting and I feel like cutting myself. And I think thoughts of suicide and I'm stuck on pornography. There's people that are stuck in this place, but you're going to be unstuck at the end of this service. Because there's something in the water. God, I used to burn for you. God, you know what? The situation of the city used to matter to me. Now I could care less. I'm just going to do my my due diligence. I'm just going to go into the church and I'm going to drop my money in the bucket, which is a good thing, rightfully so. You ought to tithe and you ought to give. But what are you giving when you leave the building? You are the church. You are housing the presence of God. You are a solution. You are the light in your community. Are we still the light to a lost and dark world? This is a time like never before where our light needs to shine and burn into the dark places in the dark corridors of people's hearts. Are you guys catching it today? Hallelujah. I'm halfway done. Come on, it's 1129. I'm doing okay. You know, <clears throat> you know, I, I was telling my spiritual son today, I was, we're, we were getting ready, and uh, I apologize for running late. <laughs> I got rebuked, amen. <laughs> That's okay. I need it. And, uh, you know, I was talking to the Lord, and then I started talking to my spiritual son. I said, um, you know, why can't, he's like, are you nervous? I said, yeah, I'm very nervous. I'm always nervous when I, there's something wrong with you if you don't get nervous when you just depend on your gifting. Because I never forget what God took me from. And I never forget that I'm nothing without him. And I never forget that with, uh, without him, I could do nothing. That's what the Bible says. You can do nothing without Christ Jesus operating in your life. And uh, I just said, you know, I don't understand why God, he always makes me preach the challenging messages. You know, and I like to do it in a fun way. That's why I try to break the guard because, man, God, like, you need to, you, you need to help them to drop their guard. I remember, uh, and I believe it's uh, John or Luke uh, chapter 5, I believe, Peter was in the boat and Jesus had came to him, right? I hear that the Spirit of the Lord just, just changed the channel on me right now. And he was on the boat, and he was frustrated. They were fishing. They didn't catch nothing. And, and sometimes our lives are like that. It seems like, man, we're toiling, we're toiling, and nothing's happening. And, but Jesus goes on his boat. And I can imagine him saying, you know, when he gets in the boat, Peter's right there. And then Jesus turns over, and he starts ministering to everybody else, the multitudes, while Peter's right there. And I could just imagine what Peter was thinking. You know, uh, he was probably thinking like, oh, man, here this guy comes to try to encourage me. And oftentimes when we're going through hard times, because sometimes we carry a spirit of sabotage in our life that we don't even really understand, that we rather mourn, we, we rather be negative, we rather complain instead of becoming solutions and allowing people to break us free. Because sometimes your breakthrough is locked in the person that you're sitting next to. That's why it's, in, it's so important to honor your brother, to honor your sister, to honor your leaders. Because why? Because the Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What does that mean? That means that if you want to access the treasure that your pastors carry, you want to access the treasure that your leaders carry, you want to access the treasure that your ministry partners carry, then you're going to have to get past the dirt. It's like a, the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. You got to 
get in prayer, you got to get the kaleidoscope of heaven. You got to begin to look past, you got to begin to look past the dirt in people's lives and, 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 and be graceful with them and help to pull out the potential, to help to pull out the diamond in the rough, the diamond in the dirt that has not been found like 50 Cent said. He said, I'm a diamond in the dirt that ain't been found. I'm the underground king that ain't been crowned. You so look at your neighbor and say, come on now. I'm relating to other people like, man, this preacher's kind of cool, man. He ain't all churchy. I ain't all churchy. That's one reason why I thank God I wasn't raised in a church because I would probably be all stiff and all religious. And all, hey, brother, can't do it like that. Where's the nine-foot toy? Not wearing the nine-foot toy. Those white jeans, that's of the devil, beloved. In your mind, you're like, somebody didn't tell him the memo about holiness don't mean holes in his pants. <laughs> Amen. You see, the early church, they moved in cadence. The military, it's a military term, they moved in cadence. What does cadence mean? In cadence means that they had rhythmic flow, that they flowed with one another. It was a, it was a power force. They moved in cadence and not in chaos. They moved in cadence and not in chaos. They moved with a prophetic flow. They moved with an unction by the Spirit of the Lord. They moved in a spirit of unity. They moved in a spirit of love. They said, you know what? If you're falling down, I'm not going to throw stones at you. I'm going to pick you up. We got to keep on moving. Come on. You're having a hard time. You're walking in doubt. You're walking in sin. We're going to clean you up, and we're going to keep on moving. We're going to walk in cadence and not in chaos. The early church walked in cadence and not in chaos. They weren't double-minded. They didn't let the temperature of this world. You see, that's one of the things that we're dealing with right now is cultural Christianity. When God has called us to be a countercultural revolution. Somebody say, I am revolution. Say, I am revolutionary. The early church was a power force that lit a fire in the community. It was a power source like your cell phone when it's running low. Come on, you always make sure that that thing is plugged in. I do it too. But the early church was a power force, and it began to light people and ignite people on fire and began to pull the destiny out in the midst of the dirt and began to prophesy and watch the goodness of God be established in people's lives. It didn't talk about the problematic people. It didn't talk about the drama, but it began to talk about the love of God. It began to talk about sin being able to be eradicated by the power and the presence of Almighty God. Somebody shout amen. Just in case you thought I forgot, I'm spontaneous. Catherine's like, man, she didn't say I was frustrating, but I've seen it in her face. And she said, man, you're spontaneous, man. You're like in Walmart with me. And the next minute you're talking to people and you're praying for people. And how do you catch up with that? You got to, the Bible says, no, 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 no. The, the book of, the book of Julio says, Blessed are the flexible, for you'll never be bent out of shape. You see, when you're serving the Lord, and when you're serving real men and women of God, you got to be flexible. You can't get upset because the program and the schedule changed. You can't be upset with that. You want to pout your grown man? I'm not, 
coming. I'm not helping him build the new restroom. I'm throwing my hammer down. He said 6 p.m. Doesn't he know that I have to watch whatever? What do you guys watch? What is it? Pawn Wars? I gotta watch Pawn Wars. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I don't watch TV really. Pawn Star. I apologize, guys. Jeez. You guys know more about the episodes than you know about the Lord. <laughs> Come on now. I love it when I get the young people and our elders stirred up at the same time, man. That's when you know that you're anointed. <laughs> You're not annoying, you're anointed, amen? There's a difference. And so I often, you know, he was saying, are you nervous? I said, yeah, because I feel like God always has me to, to deal with the hard subjects, the hard issues. You know, why can't I just be like Joe Osteen? Wow. <laughs> the Lord bless you and keep you. Even in my sin, he just, none, he just understands you. You know, like, I'm like, man, God, you know, it's easier to preach those messages. And God, you know, I can, you know, I can use this charisma and just be nice. And say, oh my God, you just, you wonderfully, fearfully made. Drop the offering and we'll see you next week. You know, but, you know, God has called me. God has called me to be a kingdom warrior. God has called me to stir and light fires every place that I go. And you're not always going to be very popular, but God didn't deliver me and take me out of drug addiction and take me out of being a womanizer for me to be popular. But he said, no, I can get this crazy nut and turn him into a fool for Christ. And he'll, he won't be afraid to say anything. And he's going to get people to come outside of their comfort zone. When I place my mantle on him, when I place my authority on him, when I place my power in him, when he begins to speak to a thing, that thing is going to begin to shift. Somebody shout, shift. My God, what, what, what justice am I doing for you or for the Lord? If I'm coming here and just patting you on the back, you got a mom or dad for that. That's not me. Come on, you got a pastor in here. That's not me. I was telling him yesterday that I, I have the cast out anointing, not the counseling anointing. Let's get to that root of thing. Because the root of a thing will determine the fruit of a thing. If you keep on struggling with ongoing sin, that's not the plan of God for your life. That is not what God has called you to do. God didn't call us to walk an ongoing struggle. You know what? When God delivered me, he took the, he took the drug addiction. He took the cigarette addiction. There's many people in here that smoke and you feel like it's okay. I'm telling you, I heard a man of God say something very provoking. And he said, listen, either you're going to bow to Jesus and his lordship and believe him and fast and pray that thing out of your life. Or why don't you just get those cigarettes and worship? them and bow to them why why do i say that i remember you know i used to rent a lot of hotels when i used to live that lifestyle always hotels 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 casinos 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 there was one time i went into a hotel and the hotel was just 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 totally tore up beer bottles everywhere cigarettes everywhere and it was dirty and i said you know what i need some sleep i'm not sleeping there would you guys sleep in a dirty hotel then why would the holy spirit come and live in something unclean I'm stepping on some doctrinal toes right now. I'm just going to let that resonate with you for a minute. You stone me afterwards. If you catch me, I'm pretty fast. <laughs> I'm almost finished, guys. Um, you see, the early church, they had an aggressive faith. An aggressive faith. 
that was unwavering in spite of popular demand and opinion, in spite of the LGBT coming together and calling us, you know, that we're not liberal enough, we're not understanding, we're not loving this hate speech. But I'm telling you that when you stand for God and when you begin to light fire in other people, I'm telling you, like I said it yesterday, William Wallace, right, the movie Braveheart, said men don't follow titles, they follow courage. I'm telling you, if we want to see an end-time revival, an end-time harvest, we're going to need men and women that have backbone. Men and women that will look evil straight in the face and say, listen, I'm not going to bow. I don't care if you don't come and bring me your tithe. I want to see breakthrough. I want to see you delivered. I want to see you encounter the real love of God. You don't have to be in that same-sex attraction. You don't have to live with those cigarettes. You don't have to live cheating on your wife or cheating on your husband. You don't have to be stuck in a casino gambling. You don't have to be stuck inside of that house watching pornography, you can experience liberty because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Not he who the sun sets free is free sometimes. Free indeed. Come on. There's everlasting freedom in the blood of the Lamb. It's still power in the blood. There's still victory in the blood. There's still an anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. Are you guys still receiving it? You see, the early church... They had kingdom solutions, and I, I want to honor your pastor because there's kingdom solutions here. Yeah, I mean, you guys know better than I do all the different things, the different facets of the diamond that he offers the community, right? There's so many different things that he's doing, and he has an entrepreneur spirit and an anointing to raise up other business leaders, and that's important. But the kingdom... They had solutions. They didn't need government assistance. They needed the government of heaven operating. And that's what we got to get back to. We got to get back to, uh, we got to get back into alignment with our first love, with the presence of God, with the power of God. Somebody say tap in. Purification. You see, some of us, as I spoke earlier, and I'm, I'm serious, I'm serious, five minutes. Uh, purification. Some of us, we need deliverance from pride others we need deliverance from spiritual paralysis we're just stuck we're just stagnant we're not really doing nothing we have spiritual paralysis at one time we burned there was an anointing flowing through our life but we found ourselves having bad spiritual plumbing and we need come on holy spirit drano to unclog the pipes to unclog our prayer life to unclog our selfishness and our self-seeking That's what we become because Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, do not be conformed. But we have become conformists. The early church, you know why they ran to the early church? Because they were not conformist. Because they did not become a chameleon just to make their co-workers who are in sin happy. You know, when I have, well, I've worked for myself now, but when I worked for people, people used to manifest on me all the time, cuss me out. I mean, women that, you, that just look beautiful. Why are sometimes the most prettiest women the craziest? My God. Uh, I lost half of you right there. No, I'm just kidding. You know what I'm talking about. You have a pretty friend and she's crazy. You know it. <laughs> you know it, right? Don't let her break her now. She's going to break you off. <laughs> and some of us, we need deliverance from pornography. Some of us, we need deliverance from racism. I said it before, but the Lord had placed this 
in my spirit. And he began to show me what this region is dealing with. And it's funny because I'm not going to say what it was. But yesterday, I called some of these heavy things out. And every single one of them is what people needed deliverance from. Freedom from. Why? Because I'm bold and I'm brave and I'm loving and I'm compassionate enough to say you don't have to live like that. That, that, that there is still wonder-working power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And some of us, we need uh, deliverance from alcohol and drugs. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Before we leave, look at I've listed a lot of things. So I need you guys to answer this altar call because there's several things. And I'm telling you, if, 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 there's enough of sweeping it under the carpet. It needs to be dealt with. If God is going to use us and raise us up and, and, and cause us to be the light of the world once again with the unwavering, a fiery torch that burns and holds up the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ, then we need to allow God to touch the inside of our bowl, purify us. Elijah performed a purification ceremony. Fresh water. He took it to the water and he caused fresh water to arise. The word of God is fresh and living water that is useful, right? For teaching, rebuking, and training in righteousness. You have to understand that the river of God is only going to flow through you. So they said, you know what? The ground is barren and the water is bad. What does that mean? That means that we've turned to traditions of men. That means that we've turned to conformity. Romans 12, 1 and 2, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be renewed. We stopped being renewed. And when we stop being renewed, then we have to depend on the teachings of man, on tradition, on religion, on the old paradigm. There's no new wine flowing because you're no longer connected to the true vine where the sustenance and the nutrients and the wine flows from from the vine when we did when we did detach from the vine we detach from divine healing it says that the man of god said bring me a new bowl you can stand to your feet please and we can have the worship team come up Jesus. there is contamination why do you think why do you think the lgbt movement is so strong because it wants to create a barrenness in society. How? Fertility. Who are the producers? Men. Oh, man, I feel the heaviness in the spirit right there. It's creating a barrenness. Something's in the water. There's contamination. Now we're starting to lean like, well, you know, it is kind of messed up. Like, man, I, I mean, my, you know, my friend is, you know, same-sex attraction. My mom, for some of you guys. My sister for me. So, you know, I just don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be mean. It's like, really? Like, I don't want to preach that. That's like going to hurt their feelings. No, but you got to learn how to preach it in love. I say, that's not God's plan for your life. That there is resurrection power. That there is still power in the blood of Jesus. Are you still with me, people of God? And so he said, bring me a new bowl. If we can play softly, I would really appreciate that. And said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought, they brought it to him, and then he went out to the source of the water. I need you to look at your neighbor and say, I am the source. Say, I am a conduit. I carry God's glory. I carry change. 
And I believe that if you and I are going to be a catalyst of revival, then we need to be purified again. We need to allow that purification to take place, to go into the source. What is the source and what is the strength of the church? It's you and I. You, you got to understand that you and I are God's greatest resources. Not what you possess, not what you bring to the table. It's, it's the surrendered life and a surrendered heart. You are so vital and so important. And the DNA of heaven is living inside of you and God is waiting for you to get up to shake it off and get real with him and get delivered and get free and get back on track and allow God to break you through and allow God to use you as a revolutionary in your family in your workplace in the church throughout the city when you see a hurt you see depression you see hopelessness we can we can no longer just be intercessors in the church but we got to get an apostolic grace get out there in the street take all that anointing take all that gifting Take all that charisma, take all that energy, take all that religious rhetoric, and begin to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Hallelujah. Thus saith the Lord, I have healed this water. Hallelujah. Can somebody help me move the, the pulpit? Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I need you just to begin to worship the Lord really quick. And pastors, if I can have your permission just to toss some salt as a perfect act here, as a place of Bethsaida, as a place of the angel of the Lord stirring the water. And when, when the Lord placed this message on my heart, I barely wrote it out uh, yesterday or the day before. I barely started writing it out because Holy Spirit has me doing that. You know, I used to be a, a pretty decent orator and have, uh, you know, be able to communicate a strong message and all that. But God wrecked my life. You know, revival will wreck you and bring you out of complacency and bring you out of your comfort zone. So listen to this, guys. I have some sea salt here. And we're going to decree and declare that there is purification. And listen, I don't say this in pride, but when you... When you hit this altar today, you're going to feel the wave of glory just by stepping out in faith and because of what I carry in my mouth because heaven backs me up. You see, I can't be a prophet to the nations until I can look you boldly in the face and say, it's time to be purified. It's time to come out of sin. It's time to come out of all these things that I mentioned today. And if you need healing in your body, I'm going to invite you up and we're going to lay hands on you. And there is going to be, there's going to be something catalytic that's going to hit your life. See, we're waiting for that move of God, but God is waiting for you to move in cadence with your leadership, in cadence with his kingdom, in cadence with the word of God. See, some of us in here, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm done, but some of us in here. There's a little boy that's still locked up in you that has not been delivered. And when things don't go your way, and there's some little girls in here, when things don't go your way, you start pouting. You, you drop your ministry. You're like the little kid that says, that's my ball. I don't want to play no more. I'm gone. We're never going to change the world and change our sphere of influence with that attitude. Some of us, we, we're just uh, little baby boys and grown men bodies and having a grown man job, a grown man business, but we're still pout. And it's time for God to purify us, purify us again. So I'm going to go ahead and toss this out.
as an act. I want you to uh, just raise up your hands and just begin to worship the Lord. This is a prophetic act that is taking place here right now. And you are that new bull. You are the new bull. The Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The river of God, the currency of heaven, that's not only monetary, it, it, the power source, it can only come through a point of contact called the human life. Hallelujah. Come on, worship. Can we just start to begin to sing a little bit? Surrendering Father, I decree and I declare. Keep keep singing, please. Keep singing. Go ahead and turn it up another notch, please. Please. I say this respectfully. Father, in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that you're purifying your people, God. God, that there is a spirit of revival that's taking place, God. And even as I hurl this salt, God, God, it's a prophetic sign that there is purification, God. Oh, God, that we're not going to leave the same, God. But, God, we're going we're gonna to break with what breaks your heart, God. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if the Lord has spoken to you, if you need prayer, I need you to come to the altar. Come on, I want to see the leadership of this church come to this altar this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just begin to begin to do, do business with God. This is a place of Gilgal. God wants to cut off those fatty places in our heart. He wants to. Come on, come on. Just get broken before God. He wants to circumcise your heart. No longer playing church no more. No longer backsliding, gossiping, and full of bitterness. But there's a purification now taking place. Jesus. Can somebody follow me around as I lay hands on people? I need you to raise your hand if you can stand behind people. You? Okay. Hallelujah. Continue to pray. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. I'm not the answer. I'm just a channel. I surrender. I surrender. To know you more, I want to know you more. I surrender, I surrender, I want to know you more. I want to know. Come on, let the hunger arise.
Okay, guys, we're about to we're about to close up right now. But I, I just this guy this guy I just prayed for him a, a day or two ago, and he had an incredibly rapid growing rash on his arms, and he just showed me right now that it's mir- miraculously disappearing, and he's feeling better in his body. So I want you to stretch your hands towards him one more time. I need somebody to stand behind him. Hallelujah. So, Father, I just thank you right now. I thank you that you're calling him, God. I thank you that you're purifying him, God. I thank you that he has a place in his church, my God. I thank you that you're going to raise him up, God. God, I break off every spirit of depression, God. Every spirit of suicide, God. Oh, God, every generational curse. I break its power right now, and I command it, every sickness and infirmity, to leave your body. In the name of Jesus, I release the glory of God on you now. Breathe.
Continue to minister. You want to be ministered to, you don't have to leave. We just got some pressure from the back with the children, so we're going to bring the children in, and you guys are welcome to stay as long as you want to stay and be ministered to. There's an amazing atmosphere right now that God's working through, so just begin to receive that. I just wanted to let you know about the children. They're going to bring them in. Um, if you need to leave, you can go, but if you if you can stay, it's it's just being in the atmosphere is going to make a difference. It is a new era. It's a new time. Okay, so keep the main thing the main thing. Keep the same focus on what God's doing. to minister. We want to sow into Julio. We want to sow into that anointing upon him as he goes from place to place and he ministers in the highways and the byways and he, he's ministering the gospel and people are coming to Christ. We don't want to miss our opportunity to sow in to that because as we sow into him, we tap into that anointing that's upon him. So just ask the Lord Bring your offering up here and just lay it on the steps. So into what God is doing through Julio. In Jesus' name.
Oh. 